Welcome to the Winning Family Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage, a podcast designed to help you build winning relationships in your marriage and with your kids. My name is Dr. Linda Travelute, and I'm your host for the Winning Family Podcast. We want to say thank you for joining us. It'd mean the world to us if you'd subscribe to our podcast and rate it and review it. Let us know if you find the content helpful and encouraging. And also, please be sure to share these episodes with your friends. And at the end of today's podcast, we're going to share with you how you can get a free copy of Rodney Gage's new book called The Double Win. It'll help you win at home and at work. And we want to get a copy to you absolutely free. Well, I'm very excited because today I am joined here in the studio with Rodney and Michelle Gage. And we're going to be talking about how men can lead their families. Such an important topic. Welcome to the two of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Yeah. Great. And I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great subject matter we're going to be talking about. Absolutely. Very timely. Timely. Right. It's almost Father's Day. Yes. Happy early Father's Day hey, to the I'll father of our three kiddos. I'll take it. I love it. <laughs> yes. And we want to say happy Father's Day to yeah. all of the dads. And uh, we honor you. We just uh, admire and respect the, the sacrifices you make. And uh, we know that many dads work extremely hard and Go the extra mile, and uh, many are uh, playing a lot of roles, just like single moms. There's also single dads out there who carry a lot of different weights of responsibility and have a lot of different things going on. So with all that said, we just honor the men. And so uh, if you're not a man watching this or listening to this, share it with a man, share it with a dad, a father that you know that would benefit. There's going to be so much great content. Well, let's dive to into all of this. Yeah, yeah. you ready? You ready? Yeah. So, Rodney, you are going to begin with this very important thing. I think this really sets it up, right? Because I know how important spirituality is to the both of you. But when you talk about leading with spiritual passion, uh, that is the number one thing in your mind, I believe, as to how to lead your family well, right? Tell us more about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's one of the greatest and highest callings that God gives us as men, as dads, um, to lead intentionally in this area of spiritual development and leadership in our homes. And I know that maybe not everybody who's listening uh, or watching to this podcast may be, uh, you know, maybe a believer, a follower of Christ as we are, and that's okay. But, you know, at the end of the day, we can have a lot of different influences on our children's lives. And a lot of the influences that we can have on our children's life can all be good and positive, whether it's academic, whether it's, you know, the physical health and well-being of our kids or providing for them financially or, you know, all of those things are important and very, very much a part of fatherhood. But foundationally, when it comes to helping our children develop wisdom and develop a strong spiritual moral uh, foundation in their life for the moral character and for the values that will really shape the destiny of our children. Absolutely. I really believe that the spiritual foundation, everything rises and falls on that. And, um, and unfortunately in our culture today, that obviously is kind of counter Uh, cultural, if you will, that whole mindset is countercultural. And uh, most of the focus is on, you know, just making sure that our kids uh, grow up and they're healthy and strong in that way, but also, you know, they're set up for success to go out into the 
world and succeed and, and, you know, and, and, you know, have financial provision and those sorts of things. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a part of it. But spiritually, I think what's missing in our culture today is um, kids really don't know what they believe nor why they believe it. And therefore they become vulnerable to the voices of influence from our ungodly culture Mm -hmm. and an immoral culture. And so kids today are exposed to more things than ever before that is countercultural in the sense of, you know, there's an erosion of moral values. There's an, there's a lack, there is a spiritual and even biblical illiteracy among the generation of young people today. And so where else are they going to get that? Who else is going to speak into their lives? And so I think it's a huge responsibility that we have as fathers to set the tone to help lead the way in this area. That's so good. I am so thankful for my father. Um, I am, I think, going to be 53 this year. Crazy. Whoa, man. Um, but I'm so thankful for the years that I had with my dad and the investment that he made spiritually into my life. And, you know, I, I know you love the quote from Jack Frost that we reproduce not what we know, but who we are. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for the years of seeing my father just pursue God and his relationship with God. It wasn't about a religion although he was a pastor. Uh, it was more about a relationship with the God of the universe. Like he loved God and I wanted yeah. to love God, you know, and I wanted to love people the way he loved people because of who he was. And, you know, just to see that relationship lived out and walked out in his everyday life. Mm. And, um, that is just huge when it comes to the male figure in the home as if we're talking about fathers, you know, to see that strong relationship with God, that spiritual relationship is, is irreplaceable in our lives. You know, it's just so, so powerful in our lives. I think one of the things that uh, is challenging in our world and culture today, when it comes to the whole issue of fatherhood and why many, many men often feel It's not that I'm convinced. It's not that men do not want to. I'm convinced for a lot of men, they don't know how to. Mm -hmm. And it's because they've never maybe, and there may be some who are listening and watching today. And sadly and unfortunately, maybe you grew up in a situation that uh, was not a a good or healthy or positive environment. Maybe you grew up without a father. So there was a, Mm -hmm. there was a void in your life. You didn't have a father figure. There wasn't a godly example or a mentor in your life from a male perspective. Right. And so, in fact, uh, I, I read across, uh, I saw a stat the other day that I ran across, I thought it was just eye-opening, but 18.3 million children, that's one in every four children, live without a biological step or adoptive father in the home. And so think about that for a moment. Just wrap your mind around that. That is a significant number of children today that are being raised in homes without a father figure. And so if they if they're lacking a presence of a male figure in the home and that male figure is not there, not just physically, but not there from a supportive aspect to give the spiritual, the moral, the relational support, then kids are growing up with really no understanding of what a father is and what a father should be. And therefore there's a void in many hearts. There's a father hunger. Yeah. And so many are, are yearning for that relationship. But the good news is, is that we have a heavenly father yes. who loves us, who 
The Bible says this is an everlasting father. Isaiah the prophet even gave that prophecy before Christ Jesus was even born. But he said, you know, that God, our father, will be an everlasting father. And that simply so means that our sometimes we, we, we see God as some distant, you know, aloof, you know, higher power being out there that's disconnected and irrelational that's not relational but god is relational he yeah. created us to be in relationship with us that's right and god wants to be that father figure in our lives he also the bible says sticks closer than a brother in the sense that his relationship with us is something he wants to be a, he wants to be a part of our lives and so yeah. he sent jesus into the world so that we could know what God is like. That's right. You, you know, know, Linda, I don't know if you know this, but a little bit of backstory about our fathers. Um, my father was raised basically by his mother. Um, his, his father was away at war when my dad was born. And when he came back, he had such challenges that he faced and he actually died while my, when my father was a teenager. And so he was sick most of my dad's life. So there was kind of that absent father situation happening there and I'm I know that my dad experienced our heavenly father as his father mm -hmm. and I, I affirm that and I agree 100% because then he kind of had to figure out his own way to teach us you know to be a father to us mm -hmm. and he 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 did an incredible job and so be encouraged and the same with you Rodney you know your father grew up on the streets of Houston and lived in the back of a bar and right. you know had four boys and that are all you know serving jesus now and have relationship with the lord and and so be encouraged yeah. you know if, if you didn't have that father figure you can seek that out through through other men that are um when we're talking about the spiritual relationship that are have that kind of relationship with god and god is there as our, our father, we, we both witnessed that in yeah. our dads. Mm -hmm. Psalm 68 verses five and six says to the father, to the fatherless, he is a father to the widow. He is a champion friend and the lonely. He makes part of a family. It's mm -hmm. powerful. So be encouraged that even though you may have unfortunately been in a situation where you were not around a father figure, didn't have a godly or spiritual influence or voice in your life. That's why we can go to our heavenly father, our everlasting father who loves us, who wants to be our friend, who wants to have a close, intimate, personal relationship with us. And through really just looking to him, learning who God is and reflecting who he is in our lives and embracing the characteristics of who God is in our lives allows us to be able to share that and be able to model that with our children and those yes. that we influence. And so we can break that down because I realize that it's very difficult. Men are under attack, no question about it. You know, John 10, 10 says that the, the devil's come to steal, kill and destroy. And it's sad and unfortunate that there are um, probably more challenges and setbacks and hardships that, that men face perhaps ever than ever before in our, in society. But at the same time, we can't use that as an excuse. We can't, we can't say, well, you know, things are different. And so 
you, no, 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 no. God has given us an assignment. But here's what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14. This is so good. This is a challenge that the apostle Paul has given to the church, but at the same time to the spiritual leaders. And he says, be on guard and stand firm in your faith. His precepts, and he says to keep your doctrine sound. So stay solid, act like mature men and be courageous, be strong and let everything you do be done in love, motivated and inspired by God's love for us. And so just to kind of lay the foundation there, as you stated from the very beginning, Linda, you know, we have to lead with spiritual passion. And so you can't give what you don't have. And so we have to basically start each and every day with filling up our own spiritual tanks so that we can give out what God is imparting to us. I saw a stat the other day that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, the average person reads 265 social media posts, emails, and text messages every day on their phones and tablets. Uh -huh. 265 that we read every wow. single day, messages that we read. So if we're gonna scroll through Instagram, scroll through text messages, scroll through emails, scroll through all the stuff that's out there, I think we would have time to scroll through our Bible. Mm, like we'd so have good. time to scroll through and check out what God wants to say to us, so as opposed right. to checking out what everybody else has got going on for lunch. So anyway, you discipline. know, yeah. discipline is a challenge, right? Yeah. We make time for <laughs> yeah. what is important to right. us or yes. what we perceive is important. But right. at the end of the day, we end up doing what we want to do. Yeah. So right. let's make that, I think, uh, an important priority. So spend time with God, each and every day, because that allows you to share what God's teaching you, your children. You can have conversations. That's what Deuteronomy 6 says. You know, hey, when you get up in the morning, when you're walking along, along the road and you're going to bed at night, you know, it's in those daily activities. It's in those moments that we have the opportunity right. to speak life and speak truth, to help speak into situations going on in the lives of our kids. Because in doing so, we're giving the spiritual wisdom, we're imparting to them spiritual truths we're helping them to understand the why behind the what. And what we're doing is we're sowing, we're investing, and we're helping lay the foundation in their spiritual and moral lives. Do you so, think it's easy to compartmentalize our lives where your spiritual oh, life is here, even if you're disciplined, maybe to have that time with the Lord in the morning or to read your devotional, and then you set that book down or you sit your Bible down and you go about your day and you're not like talking about, like that scripture says, talk about it along the way. Mm -hmm. It's easy to compartmentalize our lives as well and not make it just it, it, and just inside of us. I'm, my dad used to say, you know, there's a difference between getting in the word of God and getting the word of God into you. So I think that's really important too, that we don't compartmentalize our life, but it's, it's infused in every part of our life, the word of God and our relationship with God. And to take it just a step further on a practical level, here's how that works. You know, dad, if you are in the word, you read a devotional, you take a verse of scripture or something that God uses to speak to your heart. Well, copy and paste that into a text message go, and send it good. to your son or your daughter yeah. and say, hey, it was I saw this today. I wanted you to see this because I'm praying this over your life or it's be good. encouraged. You know, yeah. um, this is what I, this is a promise that I'm praying over your life. What that does is you're you're leading 
by example, and you're right. leading them in a way to where they see value, they see the importance of God's word because they're seeing it lived out in your life. That gives credibility and validity to the truth of God's word. And I'm yeah. telling you, God's word will not return void. So we're sowing, we're investing, we're imparting God's word into our children's lives. But we again, we cannot give what we don't have. So it starts with us and yeah. we got to spend time and be intentional in God's word and obviously praying for our children, praying over our children, praying with our children is so important. You know, leading by example, taking your kids to church is another way. Uh, Lifeway Research, I thought this was interesting. When a young person becomes a Christian, there's only a 3.5% probability that the rest of the family will follow Christ. If the mother is the first to believe in Jesus, there's a 17% probability that the rest of the family will follow. But listen to this. When a father is the first to follow Christ, there is a 93% probability that the rest of the family will also follow Christ. That is huge. It goes to show Amazing. just how powerful the spiritual influence of a father can have on an entire family. And so right. I think that when uh, dads are trying to, you know, establish that sense of spiritual formation in the lives of their children, we don't have to see it as bigger than what it is. It's really relational. It's all about just spending time with our father and then taking time to share with our children what our heavenly father is teaching us. And as we're so doing good. that in a relational way, our kids will embrace that because they see the relational and, ap and the applicational components of that that's relevant to their lives as opposed to dad or mom's always preaching at me. Mm -hmm. That's good. <laughs> so good. we, we got to keep it real and relevant. That's good. So we're talking about how men can lead their families. And the first idea here was lead with spiritual passion. Mm -hmm. Now I know you want to lead into this idea of leading with vision. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, it's huge. Um, my dad used to say it this way, big thinkers, <laughs> um, big, he always said, think big because little thinkers become big stinkers. And I never <laughs> really good. quite That's understood good. what he meant by that until I began to obviously see the bigness of what could be in the idea of that God is a big God. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could think or even imagine. And I think sometimes a dad's role can help be that cheerleader and to be that, that encourager that speaks life into their sons and their daughters to help them see bigger than what perhaps is maybe what the world says is reality of you can't or you won't or that'll never happen. God is able to do far beyond anything we could ever do on our own, but it's imparting into our children the vision of what could be and should be. And um, I right. think, yeah, I think that's one of the most important things that, uh, and for me, looking back on my childhood, and I'm sure this was true of you too, Michelle, just knowing your dad, that I heard it once said that, that, that vision can't be taught, it has to be caught. So my dad used to take me to big events. He introduced me to big personalities. He would, uh, you know, he, he wanted me to see opportunities where 
basically he he wanted me to to know that you could do anything that you put your heart and your mind to because right. if they did it and they could do it you can do it and right. so it was like nothing was beyond our reach if we put our mind to it and our heart was was there um, especially when it came to tr- believing that God could do something in and through our lives. Right. I was reading the scripture, uh, Linda, this week about the train up a child and the way he should go. And I was reading, I believe it's the amplified version. I don't have it in front of me right now, but it talks about the natural bent, train them into their natural bent. And I think that fathers can be perceptive of that as your dad was. And I believe my dad was as well, that just learning and knowing our children and exposing them to vision where their natural bent is, you know? Mm -hmm. So mine was with singing and my dad, you know, exposed me to uh, amazing people and introduced me to people that he knew that were in the field that I was interested in. I think the same for you, Rodney, and probably the same for you, Linda. And it gave us big vision, you know, that if they can do that, then I can do that as well. And I just love that scripture and I'm I'm so thankful that my father did that and I think it's a simple thing for us to do um, you know as parents to learn our children and and to know their bent and then help give them vision in that bent for their life absolutely Um, Proverbs 29 18 says it best you know where there is no vision people perish Mm, so when there's no vision hopes die dreams die a marriage can die and Jeremiah 29, 11 is another great verse of scripture we love to share because, right. you know, God has given us a hope and a future. So God has big plans for us. He wants to do great things in us and through us. And so when we enlarge the vision of our, in the hearts of our children, it's amazing what God will do. Yeah. And so God can use dads in that way. Absolutely. To help Absolutely. expand and enlarge those visions. So important. So that's about vision. We've talked about spiritual passion. Now, what about emotional support? How do you, how does a dad lead with emotional support? Yeah, this is, I think this is a huge, huge issue. And that goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning, where there's such a void or an absence, you know, where there's not maybe that father figure in the home. So therefore there is an emotional void mm-hmm. and needs therefore that only a dad can meet mm-hmm. perhaps are not being met. Mm-hmm. And so, and even when there is a dad in the home, a male you know, figure in the home, sometimes that dad maybe doesn't know how to lend the emotional support. You know, second Corinthians one is a great verse of scripture. Paul said it this way, Uh, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. So our Heavenly Father is a God of compassion. He's a God of comfort who comforts us in our trouble. So he's empathetic toward us. He shows compassion toward us so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So it helps us to understand that we have a loving, compassionate, caring, empathetic Father And we as earthly fathers in the natural Mm -hmm. need to extend the same type of attributes to our children. Mm -hmm. And for some that may not come natural, Mm -hmm. but we have to be intentional. And sometimes we have to be a good student of our children to understand what their needs are because not every child responds, you know, um, to certain attempts, if you will, of how we 
display our love or display our support or display so that true. comfort. And so, um, like you know, our three kids are about as extreme opposites as possible. One, our oldest is not very affectionate, you know, and does not really love to be, you know, embraced. Um, but, you know, and then the second child is much more, uh, physical touch is really important to her. But I think that it is important that our children know that that physical touch, you mm -hmm. know, even if it's not our natural bent to do that, you know, or for a father's natural bent. And don't you think even in our culture, there's so much question around every little thing, you know, when it comes to how uh, even a father would love his daughter, it, it's in question. And and it's such a pure thing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, just a, a pure heart of a father to love his children uh, is can even be in question in our culture. And I just think that that in itself can be an attack of the enemy. And obviously I'm a very aware that mm -hmm. there's problems that can, can arise within a heart that is not in full surrender to the Lord. But, uh, but that's just so important that our children know that, that compassionate love. Well, there's a big difference between in, it, 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 there's a big difference in creating an environment where there's insecurity and an environment where there is security. That's good. And yeah. and every I don't care who they are, <laughs> how what age we all have five basic needs. And I put it in the form of an acrostic. I wrote a book a number of years called, years ago called "Why Your Kids Do What They Do," and we talked about the driving forces behind your kids' behavior. And basically, I boiled it down to five things. Every kid needs to be noticed. Every kid needs encouragement. Mm -hmm. Every kid needs to receive empathy. Every kid needs direction in their life. And every kid needs security. And what I've learned is that when a dad can provide the kind of time and attention, can build relationally, you know, an atmosphere of security, intentionality, where that child feels supported and loved, they're encouraged, they're supported in every area of their life. At the end of the day, it's all about relationship. It's nurturing, it's cultivating, it is being intentional with the relationship. And what does that do? It builds security, it gives a sense of trust. And so mm -hmm. that builds strength in the relationship between a father and his children. And um, I think sometimes we, you know, we can get to a place where we feel like we're preaching sermons to our kids, but kids aren't interested in sermons. How we live is the most important sermon we'll ever speak into. And it's not about rules. It's about a relationship because rules without a rules without a relationship will lead to rebellion. Mm -hmm. However, rules along with a relationship will breed respect and honor. And so we just have That's to good. be intentional with that. So good. All about emotional support. So that leads right into the idea that you have to lead with relational connectedness, yep. right? So yep. what does that look like? Well, we can, we can keep this point really short. It's spelled in one word, T-I-M-E. Uh, yeah. So, and there's always Connect. the debate. Yeah. And the argument of quantity time versus quality time. Well, my mindset is the more the more quantity time you invest, the more quality times you're going to come out of that yes. time spent yes. together. Yes. That's good. So you can't just say, okay, we got 15 minutes here. Let's right. connect. Right. Um, you got to spend time and be intentional 
to really enter into each other's world. That's good. That's good. That can t- that can look like a lot of different things, even just a drive exactly uh, to school, but yet have a heart to heart during that five minute drive, right? Yes. Heart to heart talk. Yeah. yeah. It's yes. just entering into their world, asking them about their day, asking yeah. them about friendships, asking them about current, you know, events going on in the world or, you know, what I mean, just at the end of the day, it's engaging yeah, in the world, yes. you know, being that's intentional good. with that. That's good. So that's all about leading with relational connectedness. And our final point here today is lead your family to fulfill their purpose. And I know that's big. Oh, my goodness. That could feel overwhelming. Should we save yes. that for another podcast? Probably so. We probably should. Well, you hit on it while, a bit, while ago, though just as it relates to the differences of our children and right. they all have a different bent, you know, and really that's, that's it. I mean, here's the thing. Every child, every child has equal value. Yes. Every child mm-hmm. has equal value. At the same time, they all have different abilities. And so, you know, as you stated, our three children uniquely different. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, it, rather than trying to get our kids to fit into a certain mold or put them inside a certain box, and I think that's what the, our culture does, and I'm not knocking on education and teachers because I know we have many, many educators and teachers that sacrifice so much, and they're, that's their calling, their calling. in life, oh, you know, to sow and invest such educationally good, into yes. the lives of our children. However, I do think sometimes there is a mm-hmm. system that it's like, it's literally like it is it we're trying to herd all of these stray cats into a single file line and so you have to do it this way and not all kids conform or can adapt to that one way of doing it and you know we often talk about our son luke and like i'm sure like any kid like he hated school you know he just that was just not his thing not um, every kid's that way well our daughter <laughs> ashlyn she's you know it. she yeah. loved it but all that to say in closing is the fact that he was a right brainer. He's artistic. He's yeah. a creative. And so to put him inside of a box to do things in a linear way just doesn't make sense to him. And if we tried to force that, then we are basically taking him out of his gift mix. We're mm-hmm. taking him out of the way God created him and uniquely gifted him, you know, from, a, from the artistic aspect of things. And so at the end of the day, when we can help our kids find their bent, when we can help them discover those unique abilities and talents, and we can help birth within them, you know, that sense of passion, those things that they're really passionate about. And I believe sometimes passion can be birthed out of pain mm-hmm. and hardships and trials that we go through. Right. I often say God doesn't waste a hurt. So at the end of the day, allow the pain to even be used to become a platform for your children. It's so, so powerful too when it's when it comes from you as the father to help guide your children into their purpose. It's so, so powerful for them to know that they have your support. So it it may look different than what your path looked as a father or your father's, your, your father, you know, it may be something completely different as like Luke is from you. Yeah. Uh, And, and for you to affirm that in his life and for fathers to affirm that in their children is powerful when it comes to children's purpose. Yeah. And it's just, we'll wrap it up with this because I think this is an important thing just to kind of close on Linda. And that is at the end of the day, our, our role as a dad, our role as parents is to set up our children for success. Yes. 
And if we can help them to discover that purpose um, by getting them in front of the right people, exposing them to the right things, nurturing them, encouraging them along the way, then what happens is, is they begin to take ownership of a vision, take ownership of a calling. They begin to suddenly now have a have a, an internal drive that's driven by a passion that's unique to them that maybe God has placed inside of them. Right. And as a result of that, they begin to live for something far greater and far bigger than themselves. And that's to make a greater impact and internal difference. And so that's the goal. We want to we want to raise them up and we want to we want to send them out to go make a difference. That's so good. So good. And so needed. Such a great topic to yeah. uh, think of, especially as we have Father's Day coming up and uh, how can men lead their families? So look, let me just go through these five points to summarize. Lead with spiritual passion, lead with vision, lead with emotional support, lead with relational connectedness, and lead your family to fulfill their purpose. Mm -hmm. Such great stuff. Thank you for sharing today. And we want to wrap up our time together and we just want to thank you for joining us. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to hear from you and receive any questions that you'd like Rodney and Michelle to answer in future episodes. And again, we'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe and follow. And as promised, I want to tell you how you can get your hands on a free copy of Rodney and Michelle's book the double win now i know rodney's name is on the cover and i just said it's by rodney and michelle but i know michelle had, had a lot, lot of wisdom absolutely. input in that one that's for sure i read a few stories of hers in this book and it's, <laughs> it's so good i know i know michelle you're you're behind it as well but you can get a free copy of that and what you need to do is just head on over to the doublewinclub.com to learn more about rodney and michelle's family mentoring program it's, it's the ultimate double win. That's what we like to say. It's the ultimate double win. And until next time, we're here to help you win at home and win at life.